Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. Season 7, Episode 5, The Nun Shogun. It may surprise you to learn that Hojo Masako actually shaved her head and took orders as a Buddhist nun shortly after her husband Yoritomo's death back in 1199. As you probably assume, given all of her political activity which we covered in the previous episode, her ordination did not inspire her to remove herself from worldly activity. It was a custom among noble wives to take such measures after their husbands died, but Masako had no intention of actually retiring to a monastery anytime soon. Having just forced the religious retirement of her father, Hojo Masako supported her brother Yoshitoki's candidacy to become the next Shikken, the shogun's regent. Minamoto Sanitomo, who was 12 when his uncle took over for his grandfather, was clever enough to understand his situation. He would not rule the nation as his father had done, nor would he be entrusted with important responsibilities or powers. Unlike his older brother Yorie, who chafed at the idea of being a powerless figurehead, Sanetomo appears to have embraced the role. In his teenage years while his mother and uncle were running the nation, he cultivated a passion for waka poetry. In the period between Yoritomo's death and Tokimasa's forced retirement, the imperial court had gotten up to some of its usual tricks. Court rank promotions were gifted directly to various samurai in violation of shogunate policies. While Minamoto Michichika was no friend to the Bakufu, he still worked hard to rein in the excesses of now-retired Emperor Gotoba, who wanted to create a full-scale Insei cloister government in the style of his father, the late Go Shirakawa In. While Michichika had been the driving force behind the unapproved-by-Kamakura coronation of Emperor Tsuchimikado, he served as a voice of moderation for Gotoba In, advising him to wait and not raise the hackles of the Bakufu by doing too much too quickly. Of course, it is arguable that Michichika gave Gotoba In this advice because Michichika wanted to do a lot of hasty things very quickly himself. Having heard of Yoritomo's death in advance of a public announcement, he moved to swiftly confirm his own appointment as captain of the palace guards. If he had waited until after the official announcement, the appointment would have been delayed due to the customary period of mourning. Michichika's impropriety earned him the ire of one Fujiwara Teika. A court poet and commentator, Teika was openly critical of Michichika's power grabs which got him disinvited from poetry festivals and other such events. We will read some of Teika's poetry at the end of the season, alongside Michichika's, Gotoba's, and others. He would remain an influential philosopher of poetry for many years after his death. Michichika continued to energetically support the imperial court by leading festivals, governing the Daijo Daikon, and luring Kamakura vassals into accepting rank promotions directly from the throne. He died quite unexpectedly from a sudden illness in the summer of 1202 at the age of 54. While this meant the court of the sitting emperor Tsuchimikado would initiate fewer shenanigans, 
It also meant that Gotoba-in saw an opportunity to restore some lost imperial luster by organizing a cloister government. None of the risque activities of the capital actually crossed the line into treason against the Bakufu, but it must have irritated Masako, who served as a liaison between the governments. Her focus for the early part of the 1200s was helping to stabilize the shogunate post-Yoritomo and protect her sons from the wrath of her father. With these goals more or less accomplished in 1205, she was able to return to her residence in Heian-kyo long-term and keep a closer eye on developments. With Minamoto Sanitomo firmly installed as shogun and the messy quarrels of the previous six years now behind them, the Bakufu was ready to move forward. However, the cloistered emperor and his court would prove strong-willed and troublesome. For the most part, the years immediately following Tokimasa's abdication were peaceful and stable, but once in a while Gotoba-in would make a problematic proclamation or arrange for samurai rank promotions which were unapproved by Kamakura. The situation was complicated by his relationship with Sanetomo. Both retired Emperor Gotoba and Shogun Minamoto Sanetomo shared a love of poetry, which united them in friendship and, by extension, a loose political alliance. Whenever the shogunate would attempt to cancel or subvert the actions of Gotoba-in, Sanetomo would countermand their actions. The situation was uncomfortable, to say the least, but it generally remained within the realm of petty, unimportant actions which made no great difference in the grand scheme. The Bakufu was generally attempting to subvert the cloistered emperor on principle more than anything else. By 1213, retired Emperor Gotoba more or less ceased in these miniature rebellions because the shogunate remained strong and stable and it just wasn't worth the risk, at least for the moment, of inviting their ire. That same year, however, a problem arose within the Bakufu which would lead to bloodshed. As a general rule, retainers, or gokenin, of the shogunate were not allowed to hold the post of provincial governor. This rule had emerged as a way of preventing any one retainer from gaining enough power to potentially threaten the shogunate. Wada Yoshimori, however, greatly desired to become the governor of Kazusa province, and in 1209 he made an official request to that end. Yoshimori was a longtime supporter of the Seiwa Genji Minamoto, having not only fought in major battles of the Genpei War on their behalf, but had also served as the first head of the Samurai Dokoro, the Bureau of Samurai Affairs. Sanetomo liked Yoshimori and wanted to give his consent, but his mother Masako reminded him of the rule and ensured that Yoshimori was blocked. Yoshimori even went so far as to appeal to Oe Hiromoto for an exemption, but was still denied. This incident did not by itself turn Wada Yoshimori into a rebel, but it definitely served to embitter him against the growing power of the Hojo clan. The events of 1213 certainly would not help. A plot against the shogun was uncovered that year, a conspiracy of over 100 warrior chiefs to forcibly remove Sanetomo and to elevate in his place the surviving son of Yoriye, a 13-year-old boy known as Kugyo. A religiously-minded young man, he had been placed under the tutelage of the Hachiman Shrine's head priest shortly after his father had been killed. The conspiracy was investigated and arrests were made. 
According to the detained, their goal was not to destroy the Bakufu, but to save it from internal divisions which would eventually lead to greater destruction. Among the accused were several of Yoshimori's sons. Apparently he was not the only member of the Wada clan dissatisfied with Hojo clan leadership. Complicating matters was the fact that Wada Yoshimori was the head of the Samurai Dokoro, the body responsible for investigating such charges. Yoshitoki, however, frequently interfered with the investigation, sometimes overruling Yoshimori, which only increased the strife between them. Wada Yoshimori eventually reached the end of his patience. In May of 1213, he and his retainers attempted to capture the mansions of the Shogun and Hojo Yoshitoki. The guards of both residences were attentive and well-prepared, however, so the Wada warband was unable to act with the swiftness which this particular coup required. By the morning, Hojo allied samurai in neighboring districts descended upon Kamakura and killed Wada Yoshimori and his retainers. Afterward, Hojo Yoshitoki himself, who was already the head of the Mandokoro, was named as the head of the Samurai Dokoro, giving him control over two major governing bodies of the shogunate. After 1213, there was no question that Yoshitoki was now the most powerful man in the entire nation. The death of Wada Yoshimori marked yet another unfortunate casualty of a longtime ally of the Minamoto clan. Yoshimori had fought beneath Yoritomo's banner and was considered a friend. The hard-cold truth about the Minamoto clan was that its Kawachi branch of the Sewa Genji was dying. The only remaining descendants of Yoritomo were the Shogun Sanetomo and his monastic nephew, Kugyo. The Hojo clan had so successfully dominated national politics after Yoritomo's death that they were now essentially the primary power behind the throne. Minamoto-connected holdouts were now effectively dead-enders unless they successfully found a pathway toward Hojo sponsorship. While the future of Yoritomo's descendants was looking grim, there were plenty of other clans who claimed descent from the larger Seiwa Genji umbrella. The Ashikaga clan were close cousins of the Minamoto, sharing a common ancestor in Minamoto Yoshie. Likewise, the Satake clan, the Takeda clan, Nita clan, and the Nambu clan were of Seiwa Genji stock and were crucial pillars of support which the Hojo needed to keep Kanto under their control. The Hojo clan had no interest in putting one of these other Genji descendants in the office of Shogun. Even if they began as a figurehead, how long would it be before their clan rallied to empower them and civil war erupted in Kanto? Sanetomo, however, continued not producing any children, which meant the Bakufu would probably have to look somewhere else for their next puppet. In 1215, Hojo Tokimasa died at the age of 78. He had wanted to replace Sanetomo ten years before, but was instead forced out of power by Masako and Yoshitoki. Historians differ on the likely outcome of Tokimasa's scheme, but certainly his children saw that the next shogun would have to be someone outside the clan. Minamoto Sanetomo, meanwhile, was kind of a mess. His status as a relatively powerless figurehead made him depressed, and he often drowned his sorrows in a sea of alcohol. The abbot Eisai, who brought a new form of Zen Buddhism to Japan from China, 
befriended the shogun, and even tried to break his addiction to alcohol by replacing his sake with tea. Unfortunately for Sanitomo, this Kamakura period cleanse was unsuccessful. In addition to his depression, Sanitomo was often fearful for his life. The fate of his older brother Yorie loomed large in his mind, and he imagined assassins around every blind corner. His emotional state was, to put it mildly, a flaming train wreck. It would not be alcohol that finally put an end to Sanitomo's life, however. It was, ironically, his ceremonial duties which would put him directly in harm's way. You may recall from last season how Minamoto Yoriyoshi, Sanitomo's ancestor, founded the Hachiman Shrine in Kanto in 1063 after his victories in the Zenkunen War. This shrine, specifically named the Tsurugaoka Hachimangu Shrine, was an important religious site for the Minamoto descended from Yoriyoshi. Yoritomo patronized the shrine and had it moved to Kamakura, where it still stands today. The shrine's spiritual purpose was to protect the shogunate, and it remained an important institution of the Kamakura Bakufu. In mid-February of 1219, Minamoto Sanetomo journeyed to the shrine in order to celebrate his promotion to the office of Udaijin in the imperial court. This was a symbolic honor as the court had been reduced to mere ceremony, but it was common for the emperor to honor the shogun even if the office itself was an empty gesture. As he walked down the steps from the shrine, an assassin suddenly leaped from some nearby foliage, rushed past the armed escort, beheaded Sanetomo with a single swift stroke, killed his sword-bearer as well, then vanished just as quickly as they appeared. How could the shogun's bodyguards, who were themselves intrepid warriors of Kanto, be so careless as to allow this agent to slip past them and kill their protectee and allow them to escape afterward? It's an uncomfortable question to which we do not have a convenient answer. The assassin was his nephew Kugyo, the son of Yorie, who allegedly screamed, This is for killing my father! as he murdered Sanetomo and his sword-bearer. According to some sources, he was dressed in women's clothes. Others claim that he was dressed in his monk's habit. The story gets even stranger. It's practically a conspiracy theorist's dream. Hojo Yoshitoki had planned to accompany Sanetomo that morning, but had cancelled at the last moment, saying that he was feeling unwell. It seems unlikely that he was directly involved, as Kugyo hated the Hojo clan for killing his father, but with his network of spies, it seems possible that he may have known the assassination was going to take place. Still, we cannot know for certain. What we can say for certain is that Sanetomo's nephew Kugyo still dreamed of someday ascending to the shogun's throne. Kugyo was the younger son of Yoriye and now the last living descendant of Yoritomo. He contacted Miyuda Yoshimura by messenger to try and arrange a meeting. Yoshimura sent a messenger to Yoshitoki straight away, and the Shikken sent back a message stating clearly that the shogun's assassin must die. Yoshimura sent some trusted men to Kugyo's hiding place, but the young man had grown tired of waiting, and so they met him on the way. As the other warriors chatted with Kugyo, a samurai named Nagao Sadakage snuck around behind him 
and cut off his head. The last of Yoritomo's descendants were gone. The administrative organs of the Bakufu would be his only lasting legacy. Hojo Masako was deeply saddened by the loss of her only remaining child, and according to some accounts, she contemplated suicide. No one would have blamed Masako for bowing out of politics at this point and retiring to a monastery to live out her days in peace. Shortly after Sanetomo's funeral, however, she dispatched a messenger to Heian-kyo requesting that a member of the imperial family be made the next shogun. By this point, retired Emperor Gotoba was starting to feel extremely comfortable and secure in his cloistered rule, and he flatly refused the request, stating that doing such a thing risked dividing the country in two. I sometimes wonder how Japanese history may have developed differently had the offer been accepted. Putting a direct descendant of the Tenno on Kamakura's throne, even as a figurehead, might have reinforced the Bakufu's legitimacy. However, it is also conceivable that this could eventually result in there being two emperors of Japan ruling from opposite courts, a situation which would almost certainly lead to a civil war. Regardless of the long-term implications, the imperial court during this period had no interest in helping Kamakura spit-shine its image, nor strengthen their claim to legitimacy. Seeing clearly that Gotoba-in could not be persuaded, Tokimasa and Masako opted for a different candidate from a well-to-do family whose fortunes had fallen somewhat in recent years. They turned to the Fujiwara. Specifically, they turned to the descendants of our old friend Fujiwara Kanezane, the man whom Yoritomo had helped oust in hopes of marrying his daughter to the emperor. Because of her tenacity and political prowess, Hojo Masako earned the nickname Ama Shogun, which literally means the nun shogun. While Yoshitoki gets a lot of credit for eliminating rivals and shoring up the Hojo clan's power within the Bakufu, Masako was there at every turn to give advice, offer solutions to difficult problems, and find the right balance between striking fear and earning respect. The sources often compare her to Empress Lu of the Han Dynasty, who likewise acted as a regent for her young son and preserved national unity at a time when it might otherwise have fallen into chaos. Hojo Masako, however, arguably outdid Empress Lu. The late empress of China's family soon fell into decline after her death and were violently purged from the government, while Masako's family would remain in power for more than a hundred years after her death in 1225. That is not to say that the political road became easier toward the end of her life. In 1221, retired Emperor Gotoba would come to believe that his moment had finally arrived. Encouraged by a coalition of dissatisfied samurai clans of Kansai, Gotoba-in named a candidate to succeed his son, the sitting Emperor Juntoku. You may recall that the shogunate believed it had a right to be consulted on such decisions before they were made, and that a similar incident occurred toward the end of Yoritomo's life. This particular incident, however, would invite a swift response from the Bakufu and result in the two courts facing off in a civil disturbance. Next time, we will discuss the ensuing Jokyu War and see what consequences would arise from defying Kamakura.
Until then, thank you for listening. If you would like access to exclusive bonus episodes, as well as ad-free versions of the regular episodes, please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash ahistoryofjapan. Thank <laughs> you.